With their time in this new Agadon off to a rocky start, Rolandir, Bamak, Kelnies, Brynir, Val, and Mick, along with a new arrival, a young Talic man by the name of Dominique, were able to teleport themselves away from the town of Heket, where they had been imprisoned. However, the spell wasn't exactly on its mark, and instead of going to their intended destination, they arrived in the middle of a dark blizzard in the middle of the night on the peak of a mountain. So now, in the frigid, absolute, brutal cold that you are experiencing here, not only is there less oxygen, but it's freezing. Kelnies almost fell off a cliff, but due to her and Brynir's quick reflexes, they were able to steady her. Now, all seven of you, at the tip of the world, what do you do? Can we hear each other over the blizzard? Barely. I'm gonna cast Rary's telepathic bond, then, and telepathically link all of us. I I can do that again, do you want to teleport away right now? Yes, anything! (laughs) Okay, Val's like, ugh! And we'll uh, uh, teleport again. Again, I'm gonna go for Udaelo. Alright. I don't like that the tone of voice, Ryan, was you don't believe in me. <laughs> you shouldn't believe in me. I rolled a three. Ooh, we go inside the mountain. Yeah, this is gonna be bad. Everyone is going to take twenty force damage, so not too bad. And then let me do a little roll here and see where you actually end up. <laughs> On the other side of the mountain. <laughs> Whee! Well, you might be. That was a 24, uh, which is the cutoff for (laughs) off-target. However, you were only trying to go 300 miles this time, because that's how far off you were. However, you were 49% off. Well, you were more than half on. It's at least 150 miles away from here. Yeah. (laughs) 150 miles what direction? Let us see. South. Due south. Cool. Further away. (laughs) Whoops. Which places you... 150 miles down the mountain range, still in the mountains, and closer, actually, to Threshold than Udeello. Are we still in a storm, or is there anywhere that we can take refuge here, or do I need to teleport us one one last Hail Mary? (laughs) (laughs) You are still in a storm. There seem to be outcroppings of ice and cave features But as the snow is whipping about and just like almost tearing at your skin, these little blades of ice in this harsh wind, it's hard to make out if there's anywhere safe. Okay. Val will say via telepathic bond. Sorry, it is not an exact science and will one one more time (laughs) teleport. Much better. 75. On target. (gasps) You and your group appear where you want to. Where do you want to appear? Uh, just outside of where I know the city to be. I don't want to wind up in somebody's, like, garage. You blink away from this frigid mountaintop and into about waist-high water of a fetid swamp. As they appear, Dominique screams out loud because he was, up until now, he couldn't hear anything. So now he screams. He says, stop, stop, stop. And he's dry heaving because he doesn't have anything else to vomit after the original vomit on Bernier moment. So he is just dry heaving and horrifically uncomfortable. The stench of the fetid swamp does not help. Before you in the darkness, those illuminated by scant moonlight are the towering walls of Udalo, crumbling and covered in vines and other marshland bogies. 
Well, I can make us a shelter if we can get in there. What happened here? Kelnius is just scanning this perimeter of the wall, this once grand city, and it's... For those of you who... All of you lived here at some point in time, besides Dominique. It's quite a shock to even envision something in such a state. And there's no noise or anything coming from within. No, just the buzzing and chirping of nighttime insects and croaking of frogs. Well, whatever caused this mass exodus or destruction out of the city, let's hope it's long gone or long since that that's happened. Is there any apparent gate or entryway through or a a crack in the wall that they can... Oh, there are plenty of ways to get in, yeah. Pick a breach. Yeah, sloshing his way a couple steps through, Rolandier tries to find his way through a suitable breach of the many. Val will follow. Can he also summon the Archbishop and send her just to sort of, like, scout over the city? Yes, absolutely. Though nothing too helpful is relayed back. The layout seems mostly the same. A lot of the infrastructure has been demolished or overgrown. So regardless, it'll be kind of difficult to just get to any part of the city, especially the upper reaches, for example, where Val used to live. How are we feeling? Do we want to rest somewhere or keep going? Dominique perks up and he just says, why would you kill Rack? Why, why would you all do that? I, who are you? Who, how, how did you take us here? How, how are we? What is happening? Why? How? And he's, he's really overwhelmed. I, I think a break is in order, Zen. Yes, quite. And Relander kind of goes over to Dominic and just puts a hand on his shoulder. Kind of, I'm assuming he's pretty still, like basically just in shock, right? Yeah, he's he's in he's in shock. You know, he's he's not moving. He's just kind of overwhelmed. Rolander's going to just kind of guide him and kind of steady him as they work their way into the city, looking for a suitable shelter. Yeah, as you make your way into the city, the water level decreases as you gain some altitude and moving into the middle city sections. You are able to find dry structures, though not exactly sound foundationally. Val will fabricate something, you know, these these standard, he will just use whatever materials are around to fabricate a shelter for them. Kalniace will offer to get a fire going and do so. Rolandier spots a couple of crates that aren't completely bashed in or demolished or, yeah, or rotted. And uh, within these containers, he's going to summon some food and water. Uh, he's casting create food and water and uh, will give them a, a hefty supply for as much as they need for their time that they're spending here to rest up. Lamont's going to find a slightly more quiet area, you know, of our makeshift encampment, right, kind of out of the way. And he is going to try reaching out to Tentiver and see if there's any connection there, any mojo going on that a ways. You take 11 psychic damage. And you feel like you have drawn some unseen eye to you. Don't like that. Rough. So as Vamok pinches his temple, Kelnius gives you a strange look and is like, is something wrong? I think that there has been some strange side effect from all of the teleportation. I'm going to take a little walk, check the perimeter, Perhaps a little bit of movement will help me 
And Mock's going to get up and just kind of wander off into the darkness. Kelly Ace watches him go. He, he's not moving very quickly, but kind of once he's made it out of eyesight, once he's a good distance away from everybody else, he's going to try reaching out again. Okay. As you reach out to Tentiver this time, you take 15 psychic damage and feel as if there is an otherworldly presence honing in on your location, like trying to figure out where, as if you were setting up a flare by doing so. Rolander, this time, you hear Rolander's voice from a distance calling people over for a meal that he's prepared from all this food, gathering people around the fire. That is a good distance for I'm assuming the lock is. But he's just chatting it up with people, trying to, you know, calm his own nerves from recovering. All in all, just resting. Vamok is going to go a little bit further. And he, he's going to keep heading out before he tries reaching out just one more time. Like, he, he knows this is probably a bad idea, but, like, <laughs> there's something inside him that's just itching to know, like what's looking for him. It's indigestion. You don't have to act on it. (laughs) (laughs) As you reach out this third time, you take 19 psychic damage, and then it's as if this presence is like, oh, yep, there he is. And then you feel that presence fade as if it got what it wanted. Vamok is staggered a little bit by this third blow, and he's trying to to get any sort of inkling, does it feel... It doesn't feel like Tentiver, does it? No. It feels radiant. So, not reaching out, but just speaking, the mock will say, So you got what you came for. At the end of your speaking, you actually feel a hand on your shoulder, and this is now Rolander who would come to kind of check in on you. The mock, who are you speaking to? Nobody. I was clearing my head. It... And not even having to fake pain, but, you know, just feeling the reverberations of the psychic damage that he just took. Uh, Mark says, I think I need some rest. Yes, come. There's plenty to eat. I think that a good meal would do you good after everything that everything we've been through, but yes, we all could use some rest, and he attempts to, you know, gently guide Vamok back to the fire. Vamok will go back there. As everybody's at the fire, Mick will actually sit next to, um, as we eat, Dominique, and will say to him, I feel like we got off on the wrong foot back there. I'm sorry. Let me formally introduce myself. My name is Mick. And he reaches out his hand for Dominique to take. Uh, he takes it. He, he takes it, shakes it. Uh, he's definitely still shaken as a person. He turns to Mick, who he has had the most contact with. Who are you? I, I thought when you came that it would just be, uh, I didn't know, uh, just a person, normal. You, how, how are we here? How do these things happen? I mean, I have seen. Uh, magic before I have done it I have uh, some things you've seen what I can do but that's how uh, I, I just I don't I don't know what is happening why are you here and Mick taking a hint um, 
and for once his life not being too flamboyant, you know, is really listening and taking in what Dom is saying and says, well, it's complicated. Let's just say you were right in suspecting that we're not from this world. In fact, myself, I am not from even the world that you and others in our company call home. I'm from a different world. I don't want to overwhelm you at this time, to be honest, but let's just say we're not really sure why we're here. Why or where we are, really. Just like yourself, how you're unsure how you've been transported to this world. Or this time. <laughs> really, I'm not, sh I'm not sure of anything right now. Although I can't give you all the answers right now, or perhaps it's too much for you to handle. I will in time. But until then, I suppose you can see me as a friend in this company. I didn't think I have much of a choice. You all, I asked you to, so I cannot blame you, but <laughs> it's not like I have somewhere else to go. I understand. We did take in some ways a choice from you. But regardless, here you are. Here's the circumstance. I've had to say that many times on this journey for myself. But enough about that. What can you tell me about this world? I... I, I don't know much. Uh, it is much like Agadon from what I gather. They are... It is Agadon from what I understand. It's exactly as if Agadon... What, what different? It, it, it is like something changed at one moment. Agadon stopped being Agadon, but is now different. You saw the keen humans. It is peaceful, if not uh, entirely comfortable for all of them. It, uh, it's, there are no Athelians uh, here. Their gods are. Wait, oh. wait. I'm sorry to interject, but what was that you just said? There's no ethereals here. Yes, it's it's different than the the gods here are, are different. They walk among, they rule the people here. I I, I don't know who they are, really, or even their names. I've been told, but it's, it never stuck. I just know that they are they are here. They are among us, and they are not. As far as I know, no one has ever heard of the uh, the ethereals. Or anything. Well, I uh, hope, perhaps, that, well, I don't know. Maybe I do hope we meet one of those. But I don't even know how we'd go about that, to be honest. We apparently, and he just kind of gestures to the ruins around them, are so far removed now from any inkling of society. I, I need to clear my head. I And he kind of lays down whatever piece of bark or whatever that he was eating his food off of. And says, I, I need to rest, I think. It would be wise for us all to take some time and clear our heads. Again, she stands up, and he finds a comfortable little place, a couple, uh, not a couple, but, you know, 15, 20 feet away, and just lays down. You say the gods of this world travel among mortals. They are the gods and kings of this world. The only one I remember is the queen of all of them. She's known as... Luna Vrach in the, as the queen goddess, the lady of mercy. Here, it's other than her, I, I don't know. You can find them. They walk and live. They are the like I said. They are the rulers. You find the capitals. You will find them. They travel, so it's not a guarantee. But it's not like they are hiding. 
Do you know where we could find this Lunabra? I do not know. I've never thought to find her. Val wants to try to cast Sending again to Luna. What do you say? I don't... I don't, this is the thing, is that I don't know that he says anything. I think he just, like, opens the channel. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's, You know he's, how, like, on Facebook, you could, like, poke po- people yeah. <laughs> a long time ago? <laughs> he's a little overwhelmed with all of that information, but then also everything from the last experience that he had with her, which was, like, hours ago to him. You received nothing. You feel nothing. Is this the same nothing as like when I tried to contact dead people? Or is this the same nothing as like she is not answering me intentionally? It feels like the same as when you tried to contact dead people. Okay. This is a wild thing, but can I... I want to do what I did in The Twilight Eternal, where I just like send that like ping through Essence to see if I can locate her. You can sure try. Which one? This Lunavra or the, the, the Luna? Or maybe it's all the same. Who knows? I think it would probably be my concept of her, but combined with this idea that she may have entirely changed. Like, I, I am operating under the assumption that this is Luna, but her cosmic makeup is completely different. 27 on the D20 and a 15 on the D100. You will receive 32 psychic damage. Okay. And you feel this radiant presence take note of you and your location. Ooh, Vamak noticing Val taking, you know, a little, getting a little little woozy. (laughs) Rubbing the temples. Rubbing the temples. Experiencing some exhaustion from teleporting. (laughs) Quote, unquote. He'll look at Val and he'll, he'll cast message. Okay. And he'll say... Have you felt it too? I have, yeah. I do not know if this is good or bad. I don't either, but it's Luna. Is it? We have been around Luna before. It does not feel like her. It is different. Much brighter. It may simply be what remains of her. I have a theory. It is mostly based in conjecture. So take this with a grain of salt. I do not know if this is our future, but this may be a set of outcomes that may come true if we pursue our current course. There are no gods here save for Luna and perhaps others like her. Perhaps this is what awaits us if we destroy the Aetherians. I had the same suspicions myself. If that is the case, we should use this time to learn as much as we can about this world and determine whether or not it is the direction we want to move. Speaking aloud, you the Dom, do you know Are there any universities or libraries? A place where we may see the history of this world? I have only been here weeks. Anything I knew was 
back where we were. Uh, there were riches civilization, I'm sure, something of this sort, but I honestly did not think to, to ask. I, I do not know. Is Mainstay still a place here? I do not know. I was glad to be rid of there. Well, if this is how Udeello looks, perhaps Mainstay is not faring any better. But this city used to have one of the most expansive archives in the world. Save for the records kept by my own people. Perhaps we can scrounge something up in these ruins. That is not a bad idea. Do you know where these records would have been kept? Or perhaps Val, you would know better. Kelnius, yeah, looks to Val. <laughs> I feel like certainly Val would know where the library is. Or like the Val-like. one place he was permitted to go. <laughs> Certainly I can take us there, um, or try to, at least, but um, in the morning, perhaps. So I don't wish to alarm anybody, but I may have done something a little foolish. It isn't my purview. <laughs> you hear Rolandier give a big sigh from the distance. <laughs> <laughs> He's still awake. <laughs> I thought it would be neat to contact... And I will just preface this by saying I was wildly unsuccessful. I've got quite a nasty thrumping in the back of my head now. But I fear I may have drawn the attention of something. Someone. Val looks at Vimok with this look like, do we just let Kelnies take the fall for this? <laughs> it would have been wise to consult us first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But I suppose it cannot be helped. In any event, whatever being it you communicated with, it knows our location. Well, I wouldn't go so far. I think it simply knew that I existed. I was quick to hide myself. Its capabilities may be greater than we realize. She narrows her eyes at the mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, purses his lips. He is not speaking. That is a very distinct facial expression that Kelnias then glares oh, over absolutely at. Absolutely it is. <laughs> Val does not have a poker face at all. I am simply being cautious. It would be wise to assume the worst in a situation like this. Well then, as much as rest would be good for us and our newfound friend here, it may be better to search out these archives before long. Certainly before morning comes. You just had to go and speak to the gods, didn't you? All right, and and Rolandier stands up from the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's There's amazing. going to be trouble. We best get on with it. And he throws some water from the, you know, the reserves on the fire. <sighs> <laughs> well, if that's the course of action we're taking, I, I Vamok will take a short rest. I'm going to expend some hit dice to get back some of that mental damage. The funny thing about this is Bringier's all good to go. He had his nap because they put him <laughs> to sleep. And then he had food. <laughs> Bringier's totally fine. You don't have any weapons, by the way. None of you have any weapons. Nope. Oh, Dominique does. Yeah, Dominique has his staff. The mark. I am going to be in need of some weapons. Perhaps you can open that extra storage that you have. I also will be needing to go back for my axe. 
Kelly has Snickers, as does Verlandi. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. I can very easily open up the demi plane. There are weapons there, but why do we need to go back for your axe? I just need it, okay? It's a curse, isn't it? What curse? It's a curse I told you that the axe had when I handed it to you. <laughs> I don't remember anything like that. Upon hearing that, Dominic perks up and he says, Wait, there was a, a cursed axe and you told him about it and you still handed it to him? I he, he, he took it, more or less, but yes. He can make his own decisions. I do not control his behavior. I honestly have no idea what you are talking about. Brunier, please. And Mick will actually put a hand on Brunier's shoulders. And if he allows him to keep his hand there, he's going to cast a greater restoration on him to remove that curse. Brunier wouldn't do anything. Like, he's he's not angry towards you. He, he just wants the axe, so. Yeah. So, uh, as long as I maintain that contact, I can cast that. And you start to feel the debilitating effect of the curse lift from you as I do so. What's going on? Just as I said, the curse, which is Dunzo, gone now. I still don't remember any curse, but I'm a little confused as to why I wanted the axe back in the first place. Whatever. Regardless, it may be good to outfit ourselves with some more weapons. I certainly gathered enough for whoever needs some. Perhaps it is good that the cursed axe is no longer in your possession. Now it is free to curse whomever it will in this world. And probably one of the gods that we met earlier. Anyway. And Vamak will turn around and just on a piece uh, like a half crumbled stone arch there now appears a shadowy door and he's just gonna open it up and say anything inside is fair game. For the most part, these weapons that you took from beneath the university and threw into Vamok's demiplane, most of them are just magical variants on weapons you already had. So, plus one or plus two. There are a few that are a little special, yes. So, tell me what you pick and then I will assign it a thing. The only things that are specific is there is an ice-enchanted spear and there is a quite vicious-looking two-handed sword. Rolandir will beeline it to that vicious-looking sword. Very well. It is just a vicious two-handed sword. So when you roll a 20 on your attack roll, your critical hit deals an extra 7 damage of the weapon's type. So vicious. Is there a rapier or anything to that effect up there? There is, yes. And it will have a plus 1. Okay. So it is an uncommon enchanted rapier. Rolandir took the vicious greatsword. What's Brynjir looking for? So Brynjir's going to go for, one, the ice spear, and then he's also going to grab this thin-looking longsword. It kind of looks like your stereotypical, like, elven kind of weapon. Like, elven as in, like, Lord of the Rings elven. So you take the frost-branded spear, which will get a d6 of cold damage when you use the attacks, and then a rare enchanted longsword. With a, so that's plus two. Kalniace will take two short swords, one of them rare, one of them uncommon. Is Vamak taking anything from the repository? Vamak feels drawn to a pair of fur bracers that he's going to put on. One, because it's a little chilly out, 
and two because he doesn't really use like martial weapons. Not really his style. Uh, Vamok, if you're not wearing armor or using a shield, you'll gain plus two to your AC. Nice. Vamok's also gonna grab a normal fur cloak that was just hanging on the wall. He kept that there, just you know. <laughs> that that was that was like his. Uh, <laughs> there's actually like Vamok's curated space in the demi plane, <laughs> and then there's just like this pile of garbage that Brigier threw in haphazardly. He's got like a walk-in closet. But like most of the stuff in Vamok's space is actually too big for him now because he's no longer a Goliath. He takes what he can, but... Dominique is totally amazed by this random hole that just appeared in the ground where people are pulling weapons out of. So he kind of sticks his head in, then he looks out and he's like tapping the ground with his knuckle to see if it's hollow. And he sticks his head in again. And then he decides this isn't the craziest thing I've seen today. And he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and goes to sit down. He's cradling his staff pretty heavily. You know, he's kind of curled up in the fetal position as if he were going to sleep. Is Val retrieving anything? Can Val go sit by Dom? You have free will. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Do we, though? (laughs) (laughs) The great question. Val is going to go sit not super close to Dom, but in front of him where he can see him, see his face and say, it gets easier with time. Why would I want it to get easier? I would rather not have to deal with it. I don't think causing people to explode with whatever that was, he didn't seem to do anything, to be honest, is something that I would like to get used to. I would prefer stopping that from happening, being the origin of it. No, I I agree with you, and I think... um, This is going to sound very selfish of me, but I'm glad that you are here. I think you will be a very necessary window into reality. All of us need a bit of a reminder of what it is we set out to stop. Kelniace, rather callously, uh, sheathing her swords, kneels in front of you both and just hands on each of your shoulders like, And don't worry, that kin was a right bastard and a cruel one, so we're not all like that. And she... Pats both of your cheeks and stands up. Again. <laughs> I'm so glad she's not dead anymore. I know, I love her. <laughs> Dominique is from a place where they hate Maskin, and he's like, you know, not super racist, but he's definitely uncomfortable around Kin. And so he's like, kind of uncomfortable around Val, and he's definitely uncomfortable around Kelnies because she looks even less like a human. And now he's just sort of overwhelmed with everything, and he just says, no, I, I am so glad that we have all rid ourselves of him. What are you trying to do? How can you do the things that you do? What could I do that could help someone like you? I don't want to dampen myself. I can do things. I understand I have abilities, but you all, you have essentially godlike power and you don't always choose to use it, which is exception in the restraint. I can't say that you all seem to devalue life in the way of your friend, companion, whatever. But I am glad that I can bring you a reality, I guess. I just don't understand how you even exist in the reality that I exist in. Well, I, I for the sake of introductions, my name is Valmes. Uh, you can call me Val. I am the godborn of Yakuda and uh, an Elvaret, so I am a very closely connected to the essence of the world and I can draw on it to Perform feats of magic, Ray. Uh, I mean, I set out to stop 
the war between humans and kin, and this is where I wound up, so honestly I'm not entirely certain if all of us are on the same page in terms of what we want or what we are doing, but to sum up, we are trying, perhaps not succeeding, but trying to make a better world. Then I only have one other real question for you, because from what I saw, it was not the essence of the world that moved us like that. That was a power beyond anything that I have ever seen. Do you know why we are here? Why you are here? There is a person. Her name is Lunavra, and she is a being more powerful than any of us, I think, even could ever comprehend. Um, She got us out of a place called the Twilight Eternal, and in doing so, I suspect, shifted many beings out of their ordinary positions in time and space. I am grateful for that, I guess, and uh, if it serves some constellation in this world, there is no war between the kin and the humans. Not that I've seen, they seem to be living in peace. So maybe you managed to do what you wanted, in a way. At what cost is what I'm left wondering. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you are caught up in this now, but um, I do not have a lot of friends, but I would very much like if we could be. Well, I think this was a good start. Val will nod and leave Dom to himself. Dom's back in the fetal position. <laughs> I assumed as much. <laughs> Rolander now equipped with his uh, trusty greatsword, feeling much more comfortable with life. <laughs> I like how the tr- great sword has become trusty after exactly five minutes. Oh, that's all he needs. He approaches the gateway that Vamak had created to, you know, go back out into the dark Udeyelo night and just looks back at the others. If we're going to do this, I say let's get it done with quick. Val, where are we going? North. All right. Well, and he kind of steps aside from the doorway and <laughs> waves a hand through. Lead on. Val will lead. Kelnias is the first to leave the manufactured shelter here. And as she does, looking back and then up into this courtyard, off of which you've made your little shelter, she kind of just does a double take and stops. It's like, uh, uh, um, <clears throat> you should all get out here immediately. <laughs> we go. <laughs> At the other end of the courtyard, approaching you is a dark figure with a long cape in armor that is of celestial make. A radiant light escaping just beneath the confines of a mask that hides white and blue crackling flames. And he approaches and he says, I am Adaver, the Crimson Blade, and you have threatened the safety of this realm. Thank the Queen Goddess for her mercy. For if it were solely in my charge, you would be struck down where you stand. As it is not, she desires you accompany me to see her. This is her will and law. You have no choice in this matter, but I beseech you, refuse me if you wish, and allow me to sate my blade's appetite. (laughs) He just cocks his head a little bit, and then speaking again says, The queen goddess will attend to you in time sure answer questions. I am only here to do her will or mete out justice. 
You shouldn't tarry any longer. You try my patience. Who is this queen goddess? You see these blue-white glistening flecks of flame from beneath this ASMR mask intensify as you continue to ask questions. Via telepathic bond. I think we should go with him. I don't think we can fight him. Kelnias is like, we've taken on gods before. And he starts to kind of slowly circle around, swinging his blade. Holding his hands up, Mark says, You will receive no resistance from me. He nods. Tell me, though, are there others like you besides the queen, of course? As I've said, the queen will answer your questions. Answer me now, yea or nay, mortals. I do not know much about them, but you did ask if there were a way to see one of these gods. This seems like a way. I will go. Kelnias rolls her eyes and throws down her swords that she just got. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'll come quietly. Rolandir looks over at Kelnias, who just threw her weapons down, and then kind of back at this other figure, and he doesn't throw his sword down, but he sheathes it on his back. Yes. I'll come along. And then Mick also says, Why not? I'll also come. Yes, I'll be going as well. This figure walks slightly closer and says, Good. Stay your wicked tongue so I don't have to endure your foul speech any longer. Join your hands together now. This will be unpleasant. 